all the latest news, views and reactions to the A-League, the Socceroos and Australian football. This is 442FM. Welcome back to 442 FM. Thanks for joining us this week. We are back with another bumper weekend of uh, Hyundai A League action, and with me I have Kevin Ayres. Kevin Aha. What? Kevin Aha. Kevin Aha. It's Gallic. Gallic. Okay. Hi. Uh, and Tim Palmer hello. in your native tongue. So? In your native tongue. Ah, oh, hello. Good eye. Good eye, mate. <laughs> Give it a bit of shrine, mate. And Cronin, you? Hola. Hola. Oh, okay. Ooh. Been Spanish for a few years. Um, so yeah, I can't really speak it to be honest. But anyway. And uh, I'm Adam Jackson, and uh, I'll probably go with you. Alright. Spanish English. Would ya? You alright? And so Hyundai A League week six. Is it week six? Week yeah, six already. Yeah. Yeah. Time just flies by. Time flies. And um. And time has definitely not flown by for Brisbane Raw, and um, and Friday night they managed to get themselves a win, and oh, they, put, they put a few away, didn't they? And the floodgates opened, didn't it? It did. But I think you know the the question is: is it uh, the Brisbane Raw turnaround, or is it just jets are f- awful? That was almost sweary. <laughs> we would have had to try out the bleeping noise. <laughs> almost very sweary, but I think it, you know, pretty much sums up my feelings in the matter. Yeah, it was really interesting um, because the week back, you know, last week we were talking about Newcastle Jets and how they they have a new dimension to their defensive um, aggressiveness and their ability to to press. There was none of that against mm. the Brisbane Roar and. Um, and we'd previously talked about how Luke Bratton um, hasn't really been playing, you know, too well because of the midfield press in that game. He got so much space that he was allowed to operate uh, brilliantly. Um, but I think Brisbane Raw, the first half, um, they didn't score, but they looked great. They set the foundations for the second half. Um, and Enrique, super sub, just has a knack for scoring when they need him to score. Mm. Yeah. First substitute score hat trick in the A League. First substitute. Mm. Really? Yeah. There you go. Tim, you, you you broke down Newcastle Jets' um, tactics last week. Yeah. Uh, you but must have been there, scratching your head after this one. Oh, not scratching my head so much as just going, geez, what happened there? Because it was just diabolical. Like, there was just no other word for it. They were just hopeless against Brisbane. Uh, they just didn't seem to really know what to do because Brisbane played with Broish as a false nine, which meant that. They basically had four players in central midfield and mm. Newcastle's midfield three were just running around like headless chickens basically for the first half and Brisbane really should have been up at the break. Uh, it was pretty much a classic false nine system so they had the two winners, Borrelio and Solazano before he got replaced by Enrique making runs in behind whenever Borrelio dropped deep and that was working so effectively in the first half and so it just felt like a matter of time when Brisbane would go out in the second half and establish a lead and thanks to some pretty horrendous Newcastle defending they were able to do that so. as cynical as this sounds I feel as though it was a win that almost wasn't for Brisbane um, if Solisano didn't come off I feel as though you know Brisbane probably would have had the same um, striking uh, well you know goal scoring woes as they've previously had well I, th- I think Brisbane Roar uh, Jets tried something new in the second half didn't they they went from yeah. uh, they went to flat four in midfield 442, yeah. Yeah, uh, and Griffiths. that just increased the problems for them, oh, really, sh- didn't it? It was just shocking because Griffiths and Montano basically did nothing without the ball, which was funny because in the first half, Montano had actually been working pretty hard to try and drop deep and put pressure on Bratton. None of that in the second half when there was two of them up there. And so Brisbane were just playing past that first line of pressure. Then we're getting on the ball in midfield. Luke Bratton, uh, Lustiger, uh, who was the other one in the midfield? Petratos Petratos and Broish uh, options ahead of them and then the two winners making runs in behind it was just too easy it really was just too easy basically 4v2 in midfield and Brisbane just dominated them I mean it's the kind of result that you can sort of go on to, to build your season yeah. around but Absolutely. the problem for them is the next game is Melbourne victory uh, and yeah. up against Berisha uh, so Given the way Victory have been playing, albeit we're going to come to the Sydney Derby, eh, the, eh, the Big Blue in a minute, 
Um, I think you know that if they can take this win and go on and win against victory, then the season's back on track. But I think they're going to have the work cut out to, to win that match, and therefore they're really going to be back at square one again, waiting for the next time they get to play Mariners or <laughs> Jets. Jets. <laughs> yeah. well, I'm just glad that they sort of hit form because that makes that game next Friday so much more interesting. Yes, mm, very Brisbane, much so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a walkover by uh, victory would have been no fun for anybody apart from Borussia. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you feel for Newcastle Jets this season, it's just not going to get any better for them. I, I don't. Th- I, I actually don't think that's true, to be honest. I, I think they are trying to do different things, and they've been hampered by limited budget uh, as far as signings are concerned. And the signings they've made, they've actually got the. I still say they've got the core of a good side there, but they're hampered by injuries, uh, and they've not been able to field the best eleven. Will they ever be able to field the best eleven? They've got the that squad because it's cheap and it's cheap because of injuries or lack of form or whatever um, if they can get if Stubbins can bring the best out of these players and keep them injury free I still don't see them being wooden spinners uh, I, I still personally think Mariners are going to be the wooden spinners this, this season I think Mariners are the worst team I think you have to sort of point the finger a bit and say well they did bring in a lot of players over the off-season that had injury problems and that was mm. obvious from the start yes. and so is it fair to use that as an excuse when you know you're bringing I'm not, players I'm not saying it's necessarily an excuse it's the reason that they brought them in was because nobody else perhaps would have been yeah. willing to give them a chance therefore they got them cheap uh, and it's just pure economics uh, and that, that's the problem so that's the reality of the situation until Tinkler finally surrenders control uh, they're going to be run on a threadbare budget, uh, living hand to mouth. Uh, Tinkler's not going to give up control until he either goes bankrupt or he just literally runs out of patience. Uh, as far as he's concerned, there's still value in owning jets, therefore there's value in selling jets. Uh, and he can make a profit on it or at least try and get some of his money back. So he's clinging on to it for dear life. Uh, the FFA will one day take it over unless somebody does come in and actually buys it. Uh, but they're not going to step in and say we'll take it over now while Tinkler still has money invested in it because he'll want it paid for that. Uh, so it's it's a long, hard route for them. It's literally a game of attrition for them right now. Somebody's got to blink first, either Tinkler or a buyer. Mm. Interesting. So, yes. <laughs> Getting slightly off track with on a match report. Uh, can, I say, can I say one other thing as well? Uh, obviously, Brisbane used Bruch up front in this game as the false nine, and the last time I actually did this was about a year ago against Melbourne Victory, and it worked sensational in that game as well. So, assuming they continue with it on it, next Friday, is it a kind of trick that you can pull out on a regular basis? Though, well, I think or the obvious reason they didn't do it was because they had Bruchia. Obviously, you're not going to drop Bruce into the And Bruce was so, he's normally so effective, you know, drifting inside from the left wing. Hasn't been as good this year, and it seemed like it just gave him a bit of a, a bit more freedom in this game. So, it'll be interesting. I assume they're going to continue with it. Yeah. Mm. So, it'll be interesting to see how it goes next Friday. Do you have any news on how far Theo is away from coming back and goes? Yeah. I think Young, Young had a pretty decent game He was hardly challenging <laughs> I think that, That's the reason but even when he did, It just goes to show how bad the Jets yeah. were That Young kept a clean, clean sheet I think, To be honest but. Two shots on target Which was the worst in the season so far In Newcastle Early days <laughs> One of them was Carney shooting from about 35 metres out Oh god I remember that Yeah, yeah. It's it probably a cross actually yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to Adelaide Wellington Um Phoenix, um, I, I quite liked their um, early tactics. You know, they were trying to soak up a bit of pressure and, and hit them on the break. And, and for, the, for the opening goal, they were rapid. They, they broke into the Adelaide defence and just left huge gaps, well, exposed huge gaps in the Adelaide defence. Um, uh, but I, I, th- I think it was only a matter of time um, before Adelaide came in. And, and I think they would have felt very hard done by if they had have ended up finishing as a draw um, or any less they had so many chances they should, they, it, it could have been it could have been a lot worse I, I think yeah Wellington's um, counter was absolutely brilliant and I think a lot of teams can learn from that uh, especially against Adelaide um, I, I feel as though it's a deficiency which um, a lot of possession based teams have you know the fact that you know we see it with Barcelona as well they're trying to play compact 
in uh, you know when in t- uh, when they're attacking and stuff, and so they often leave a high line, um, which makes them more sus- susceptible to um, counterattacks. Um, it, was, it, it was actually quite ironic the fact that Elric was the one who played the dink over for that chance just seconds earlier, and then he was the one who was caught out of position, mm. which ultimately led to um, the goal. Well, it's just a catch-22. If you want to play possession in the opposition's half, you've got to push players forward. If you push players forward, you're going to be more vulnerable to counter-attacking. So mm-hmm. if you try and play a possession-based style of play, you're always going to be vulnerable to counter-attacks. Um, but I think in this, this particular game, uh, Merrick was lucky, did he, well, not lucky, but not having McGlinchey there and then having to, having to play Roy Krishna made a big difference because McGlinchey's a bit slower and he's a bit more of a playmaker he likes to drift inside on the ball whereas Krishna just got it and just ran down the line so it suited their approach for the game to not have McGlinchey in the side didn't suit my fancy football team <laughs> forgot he wasn't playing <laughs> <laughs> however I did have Trafiro on the bench I'll come back to that later <laughs> I, I, I quite like that about Adelaide though um, last season their possession football was a, a lot of it was based in their own half and this season they've tried to and and it shows with the, the sort of goals and, and where they are in the league that they've taken that possession football probably another 20, 10, 20 yards into the opposition half uh, and yeah, you, you, as Tim said you will expose uh, those sort of defensive frailties by, uh, by playing that way but uh, it's a risk that you've got to play if, uh, if, you, if you want to play that style or you can play Terry McFlynn possession football which is getting it to the centre circle and passing it back to the centre <laughs> defence back to the centre circle you never you don't lose goals many goals that way you don't bore the opposition into defeat um, well, what, the interesting thing about Adelaide is that they're playing a lot quicker this season and so their possession has actually gone down from I think it was 58% on average in games last season down to about 52 or 53 this season but we still consider them a possession based side mm. they're just ha- using the ball a lot quicker just, yeah and using yeah. it better and moving yeah. forward faster yeah exactly mm. it's been a very good tweak I think it suits A-League because you in A-League you're better off attacking defences quicker and directly mm. I think for sure yeah. because we don't have the players that are comfortable on the ball in tight spaces against a compact defence yeah so it's better to play quick and get it out wide or get it forward as quickly as possible, which is why the majority of sides that have won over the years are always playing quick counter-attacking football. Mm. Well, not counter-attacking, but they're able to be effective on the counter. Launch quick quick yeah. attacks. Mm. Yeah. Mm. At the end of the day, though, it was you know it was the set pieces that really saved Adelaide's ass, for well, a lack of a better term. Well, because Wellington were defending fairly deep. They were trying to, you know, be physical on Adelaide, and they were giving away set pieces. So it was a result of Adelaide simply being better and being able to retain possession higher up the pitch. Wellington trying to counter that by putting in tackles, giving away free kicks from those tackles, and looking constantly vulnerable to the free kicks that resulted from that. And Thierry scored the the winner with probably ten seconds left to go, yeah. and he missed an absolute sitter about five minutes earlier. And you must be so happy that he managed to put the ball in the back of the net because if, if it would have finished 1-1 he would, that would have been one that would have been sort of in the middle of the night he'd be waking up thinking he'd, remembering him in, in missing that, that opportunity from a yard out <laughs> but um, he, he continues his, uh, his, his rich vein of form of goal scoring form the big blue was a 0-0 draw Dull. did anyone expect that? no nope. I think the, the tips Say, speak for themselves on that one. Funnily enough, um, I'd actually, on my proper official Fox Sports tipping thing, had it as a draw, and then yesterday, the day before the match, changed it to a victory win. And then, as I'm sitting waiting for the match to kick off, I saw the team sheets and thought, no, that's going to be a draw again. Trying to change it on my phone at, in the crowd, and the 4G signal was so piss poor, thanks Optus, <laughs> I never got to change it. <laughs> and it was my red spider. Game. I was not happy. Um, but six minutes in, and we'd had two goals already. Mm-hmm. So it didn't really feel like a no no, uh, even though there was no game, uh, no official goals scored. Uh, and I just want to point out that the, the goal from the corner totally ripped off from Scotland against uh, Ireland <laughs> the, the, earlier that morning. All that was missing was a crafty wee black back heel just to finish it off. And Brosk missed an absolute sitter at the end of the first half. 
Oh, yeah. Do you guys remember that? When he blazed right over the bar. Yeah. Should have tucked that in. You, you expect him to score yeah. that, don't you? Absolutely. Um, he just... The last time he scored it was the Sydney Derby, and since then he just hasn't been... Where's some play? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But, like, even even with that situation, you'd expect him yeah. to score. Um, but, yeah, I was... I was expecting a bit more from the two um, strikers of both teams. I think Berisha was... Um, was he just wasn't as good as what he, you know, he could have been. Mm. Um, a few offside decisions, um, which, you know, he could have, he could have, oh, I don't even know how to put it, it was just dismal performance, really. That, off, that offside, you know, it's, it's his fault for being in an offside position, mm. but even, even Berisha would not have 100% thought he was going to get the ball passed to him at that point. No, no. Carl Farley should have well, one on one. You're on the penalty spot, yeah. one on one, basically, and you passed it. No, that's um, that's yeah, definitely yeah. his error. Bad decision. But um, uh, Vedran Janjevic was inspired again. Yeah, he is it's seriously good. The, the last two there. weeks um, has he saved his uh, the Sydney sort of pretty much result. You know, they if it wasn't for him in the last two weeks, there would have been probably very few points. Well, no points on the on the board after the last two games. Both keepers for for me, both keepers played really well, um, and both keepers kept their sides into it. Um, but for me, the the biggest shining light was probably Gers back, and I think after that performance, he definitely deserves a starting spot. Um, he when he came on, he was he was great in defence. He covered well in defence and in attack. He was uh, he, he linked well with Ali Abbas down that left flank. Was able to. Uh, Produce an overlap behind the defence, get behind them, and deliver a cross, uh, which which made Sydney more dangerous in the second half. I believe it was the tweaks that uh, Arnie made at halftime, though, that, that changed the match. I felt completely. I mean, victory where I had the upper hand in the first half, uh, and the midfield was just non-existent for Sydney. Uh, victory were just sidestepping them completely through midfield uh, in the second half the, this change is made completely transformed the look and feel of uh, Sydney's uh, approach and victory struggled to, to contain uh, Triantos came on yeah. uh, and he came on with Gligal yeah. the second game in a row Gligal's just been Haggy just isn't wasn't coping well no. to be honest uh, and it's a shame you know I think he's a lovely young bloke but he's just not making the grade at the moment. We like to say that like, we shouldn't put an emphasis on size, but it's really obvious that he's just physically yeah. he's just below yeah. everyone else. And, and, and you know you can pump him up with protein pills or whatever, yeah. but it's still not going to change the fact that it's just not happening for him at all. Uh, and yeah, when he came off, uh, things turned around dramatically. There was a point um, in the, in the first half, and I can't remember which chance it was, um, but he lost the ball. He just got crowded out, and there was three players around him, and he was probably a little bit unlucky to, for it to bounce to one of their players. Uh, but, um, but then, look, it, all three of those uh, victory players ran towards goal, and he just kind of jogged back. Yes, I saw you know, that too. He, he, yeah. he wasn't he wasn't busting the gut to get back and try and do. Just I, I, wasn't the hunger. Yeah, and he just kind of let them go. Which I don't know why. What that is in a in a player that makes you do that. But not only have you is a should you that's your position that's your responsibility to be getting the ball back anyway. But especially when you've just lost it. That is um, so. Yeah, I'm. That was a little bit disappointed by that. But yeah, you know, I think again it goes to show Arnie's willing to make big calls. I mean, two substitutions at half time is quite mm. leaving yourself potentially open to a world of trouble by the end of ninety. Uh, and that's the second time he's changed formation. I think in two games in a row uh, at half time. We didn't really change formation. Oh, uh, well, change the approach. He changed the approach. Yeah, um, he brought on a better holding midfielder, basically. In Triantis. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then pushing Elia Bus forward made him just a little bit more structured. Yeah. I guess. For want of a better term. That was just a bit more solid. Yeah. yeah. Talking of Elia Bus, what what did he say to Muscat to get himself irate after the game? I I could only see from a distance that Abbas was getting held back again at the end of the match. <laughs> As I said on Twitter, it's becoming a bit of a Moor Park tradition these days. 
Um, but he got in a bust up earlier in the match as well. Um, off a throw in, I think it was. In that <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, then I found out later it was Musket that he'd been sharing words with. My uh, God knows what it was about. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, just, just, a passage. just going back, I think it was earlier in the second half, there, were, there was about a five-minute period where Sydney were all over Melbourne victory um, to the point where, you know, Berisher, there was no one up front um, and Berisha was just playing, uh, trying to help out in defence and stuff. And I remember thinking to myself at that time, if Sydney aren't going to score now, they never will. And they didn't. They weren't able to utilise that possession. They had a few... I think they had a few... Um, chances with the corner during that time and they just weren't able to make use of it and I think that basically summed up the whole match for me mm-hmm. it was just complacency in front of goal can I just make a completely unsubstantiated claim oh here we go yeah. <laughs> are you sitting comfortably folks <laughs> I think reading remembering reading that Ali Abbas was not allowed to travel with the Iraqi squad to the golf cup that they're playing at the moment interesting I think why is that I'm not sure, but it was some, Sydney didn't want to release him for, you know, what is effectively just a friendly competition, and so it was the first time a bus had been caught up. Oh, it's all very confusing because Iraq caught up about 50 players in the first place, and Abbas was one of them. Right. And he's not gone there, and it's not really been any explanation for that. So I'm not really sure what's going on there with a bus. No? Don't know. Nope. Hadn't heard that. Mm. Seen that. Yeah. Right. Completely unsubstantiated. No. Well, um. Moving on to the Perth Wanderers game, Lose Mourinho does it again. No, are we, are we not having that? Come on, no, no, no we're, not, we're not calling him. Lose to be fair, it's actually a quite good pun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say it every week until Perth lose. So it's it's up to Perth to to prove me wrong on this one. If they like it, they'll keep winning. If they don't like the pun, they'll lose. I'm I sure they like it. I, I think he, he suits that pragmatic approach which Mourinho has as well. But um. Yeah, that's that's really interesting because uh, you know we've seen Perth play well um, in a non-sophisticated manner and pull off great results, uh, which sees them sitting top of the table, right? Um, and for the past few weeks, we've been basically been talking about you know when will Perth run out of steam? Mm-hmm. Surely there's you know a point in time when they will do so in the near future, which hasn't happened yet, and I think. Um, they're the dark horses of this competition for sure. They just seem to continue defying the odds, which has been really interesting. Um, and I would personally put it down to um, the FFA Cup mm. and the momentum that they've been able to bring in through that competition into the A-League, um, which is really interesting because you know the teams that were eliminated earlier in the competition seem to have struggled. Um, hmm. And I think top two is Perth and Adelaide, both teams who are in the FFA Cup final themselves. So yeah, mm-hmm. and both teams who seem to be coming up with late winners or mm. holding up steam for a long period. So I guess you could maybe point it towards play, uh, players having to play FFA Cup games in competitive matches mm. well before the season started, getting their match fitness in earlier. Yeah. Which might suggest maybe those two slides will have a bit of a downturn towards the end of the season when players start getting tired because they've had more games yeah. and more miles to travel. Yeah, to, uh, we, we'll talk about um, uh, Melbourne City in a, in a second, but um, uh, Porterly came out after the after the game on Sunday and said that the City are just lacking that winning mentality. And, and, and as you said, that's something that definitely Perth and Adelaide have got, have got this season. Mm. Um, you know, it's the, you, you draw comparisons with some of the better teams in, in A-League history and, you know, the famous Fergie time of, uh, of, of his Man United um, era. And it was, it, it was crazy how many times they pulled out a last-minute winner or a last-minute equaliser. And it's that, it's that sort of, um, as you said, winning mentality that's just... Um, entrenched in, in in some of the better teams, that they, they they feel like they deserve to be winning that game, and and they will they will see it out until the end, which is um w- which is amazing to see that Perth Glory's got that belief, and, and you know you, you you can't look that past uh, that far past Lose to. Uh... <laughs> the interesting thing about Perth is that over the off season, their whole transfer policy basically was summed up by Lode repeatedly just saying we're bringing in blokes with 
blue collars and hard-working mm. blokes, and yeah. it was like the most cliche thing that anyone can say in football, really. Like, yeah. But it seems to be working. Like, at first, I was really just skeptical about it, and but it just seems like you know maybe there is a value in just bringing blokes who will do a shift and mm. put in the hard yards. And well, it's definitely working when you're looking at other teams who are having trouble in the dressing rooms and motivation-wise. That's not happening here at Perth, which is like it's benefiting them. Mm. So it's a decent transfer policy if, it, if, in fact, it is their transfer policy. And well, I mean, they haven't had to play Ruben Zakovic yet, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's always time for them to fall. Yeah. Kick specialist for a miss kick specialist, I think, seemed to remember somebody said when he was brought on when, uh, to replace Marinkovic. <laughs> Uh, but, and Jameson's got a free kick as well. Mm. That's, yeah, they must be, while they're not focusing too much on the opposition, they must be having full days of free kick practicing. <laughs> Probably what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think you're possibly giving them too much credit, to be honest. I think it, it was a cracking, cracking uh, free kick, but I'm not convinced it was planned. How many free kicks have they scored this season, though? Three. I think, Mar- yeah, Marinkovic has got two, and. So that's three of that's like three three last two games, right? Last I suppose that's games. the FFA Cup as well, yeah. wasn't it? Some of them, but um, yeah, no, that's uh, it's an impressive. Uh, Lowe came out after the game when he was interviewed on the pitch, and and, and they said like, what like, what about that? Have you been working on free kicks or whatever the question was? And and, uh, and he said he said. I'm, I'm as surprised as you are. You know, we um, we, lo- we lose about ten balls going into the bushes in, at training with uh, with Jameson taking free kicks. Uh, this is probably one of the first ones that's gone in. And which you know, and, and I, that's really good. I, I quite like his um, his attitude to that. It's it's almost a little bit deprecating. It's, it works well when you're winning. Yeah. yeah. Not sure work could be uh, quite so funny if the if the results weren't going their way. Of course, and but but they are. So yeah. It, it, yeah. it affords that luxury to be that you know he's not going to stand there. Well, he, he, he was very complimentary about his team general, generally, but there's you know, there's those sort of little almost like sort of negging terms where you almost you sort of give him a bit of a backhanded compliment and say um, that he, he's not actually happy with, even though they're top of the league and they're uh, they're actually scoring quite a lot of goals. But the fact that their wins now are coming from you know three kicks that's three games now basically one by set pace it's just adding to my feeling that I talked about in last week's pod where Perth are just riding a wave and eventually they'll regress to no I, I do think average. the football has improved I saw the, it's better I, I thought the it's, actual style of what they played this weekend was much was an improvement in what we've seen up to now uh, it was flowing it was fast it was quite accurate good passing a uh, bit of triangle work going on I, I, I don't believe that when Nichols said they don't focus on the opposition having watched that Wanderers game because they definitely targeted the left hand side of mm. the Wanderers for yeah. sure yeah. because Risden was getting forward all the time but I mean you would have to <coughs> you would have to be a complete mug not to tackle the left hand target the left hand side yeah. given you know what how hey, Wanderers were uh, fielded uh, so yeah, I mean, we well, could have targeted anything in that Wanderers lineup. To be honest, true. Yeah. <laughs> it was an interesting game though, um, and, and I like to um, sort of compare it with a basketball match. The, the fact that you know both teams are taking turns and attacking and trying to make as much of it as possible, and I feel as though the game itself came down to really fine lines of who was able to um, you know make most of their chances. Um, but the Wanderers didn't have. Uh, any chances to well, no, th- oh, yeah I felt it was kind of one sided for most of it to be honest well uh, I mean earlier in the game I think it was about what the, the sixth minute or something the Wanderers could have been one nil up um, there was like a three and one situation with Halidi and Fafana I think it was Bridge on the, uh, flanking Haliti. Um they could have been one nil up three minutes later per score mm-hmm. um, and I think in the 15th minute something similar happens where um um, Trafiro is on goal. Is it Trafiro? Yeah, it was Trafiro. He was, he was basically, he had a shot on goal which he missed, and then a few minutes later, Perth had another chance of deflected shot which ended up hitting the post, but they could have easily scored from that as well. Um, you should try yeah. to put, put it in with his back. That seemed to work for, one, for Wanderers. Yeah, that that's game. true. Yep. Mm. Um. So, so their slump continues. Still rock bottom of the table. It's not going to get any better, I don't think. It can't get any worse, literally. It can't get any worse. 
it's quite ironic that Popovich has been uh, put forward for the AFC Coach of the of the Year, and his. I wonder how many of his counterparts on that list are bottom of their respective leagues. I, I, I think it will get better, and it will get better soon once they get the chance to do an extended run with the full team without any distractions of uh, Asia uh, Club World Cup. Uh, <laughs> which so yeah, I mean, come January. We start. We might start to see a revival of a sorts from them, but yeah, by then they're going to be what fifteen games. Well, we're 10? already this weekend. After this weekend, we're a quarter of the way through the season. Yeah, mm. and then we've got this blitz of twenty-two games and yeah. twenty-one games in twenty-two days coming up. Uh, so it's going to be tough. By the time January comes round, we're probably at least halfway through the, the oh, season. I was very surprised that he puts so many youngsters in. Like, yeah. Like, Normally you have a bit of a balance. I mean, there's rotation and there's just you know, throwing, again. throwing your, your reserves on. Yeah. And not it was nine changes, I think it was. Yeah, I mean, he's not... Where is his first team? What, what's his first team going to be doing? This is Does exactly. anyone know what that first team should look like? I can take a guess. Yeah, I think we could all probably yeah. make a decent guess, but certainly not based on what Popovich is feeling no. at the moment. Uh, there's they've rotation. Got they've they've got good youngsters, away. but just to play so many of them at the same time was a bit. Yeah, and to be fair, you know they've got good youngsters, but they've not got great youngsters. You know the, the they've got hardworking youngsters, which yeah. is classic wanderers. Yeah, uh, work cut out. I think. How, how many games will they miss for the World Club? Depends how how far they get in the competition. Obviously, mm. just be the one game. I think if they didn't. I think no. I would imagine it'll probably be at least two. But I'll yeah. probably have to check. By the time you've got your travel time, training, and camp, and mm. well, the club game time, over a whole week. The games, yeah, if I remember correctly. But because we've got this blitz of games yeah. coming up, there's so many. Yeah, yeah. Plus the ones they got to make up because they weren't exactly. Yeah, we're playing tonight, aren't they? Playing tonight. Tomorrow, tomorrow night. Hey, sorry, tomorrow night. We've yeah. got the Socceroos tomorrow. Night. If you're listening, it's Tuesday here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so moving on to the last game of the week, Melbourne City versus Mariners. Um, I touched briefly on, uh, on on part of the coming out and saying that City just don't really have that winning mentality that um, the, the top teams have, and that's something that they really need to instil fairly soon um, because they're uh, you know they're they're sixth place now. They're what six points off Sydney in fourth. So you know that's that, that's quite a big gap if they want to be challenging for that, that top three, top two, top one potentially for for the for the season. Uh, so they need to sort of work this out pretty quickly. But um, Mariners who who ended up scoring two, I, I don't think there was many people that picked uh, tipped them to score this week with the, the biggest all, of helping hands from the referee <laughs> for the Trofiro free kick. Um, yeah, what was that about? Because they encroached, uh, the referee, whose name escapes me for the moment, decided to make up the rule that he could push the free kick forward ten yards. <laughs> Which was the, that was a rule? What ten years ago? It would. It, there used to be. There was yeah. a briefly a rule where we were allowed. It, it to came do that. in and then just. It's the rule we, we, we borrowed it from rugby. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's a rugby like, Six-a-side soccer in the park. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I actually <laughs> like it though. I do like it. It would. And breed, uh, breed a bit more discipline with players, yeah. and you know, if the referee is offended by you crowding around him or giving him back chat, <laughs> ten, you, ten yards further forward, I like it. Mm. I'm all in favour of it, but it's not in the rule book. He just made it up. He <laughs> <laughs> had a bit of a Back to the Future moment. <laughs> Left his DeLorean parked in the car park. Um, but yeah, apart from that, um, I mean, City two 0 up and threw it away. Two. I just found it so uninspiring because it was just confirmed what we already knew about these teams that City just don't have that winning edge as of yet. They're just not a complete side. And the Mariners, yeah, they came back, but they were still 2-0 down and they didn't play particularly no, well. I mean, let's face it, they didn't deserve uh, nah. to uh, share the points, but they got one. And, you know, that kind of last-minute goal... But it's not, gonna, it's not the kind of last-minute goal that's going to go, right, let's push on from now. It's not. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they're playing Adelaide this weekend. They're playing. Yeah. I mean, again, it's, it's the next game that counts, isn't it? Um, but having said that, you know, the revival of a team spirit perhaps uh, is important for the Mariners. Uh, and by the looks of things, losing Malik Manny, 
uh, is going to engender even tighter uh, team spirit. Uh, if Phil Moss can persuade them all to get behind him and his vision, then, you know, I can see it happening. It's just the self-belief, the determination to not give up uh, yeah. that got them that second goal. Uh, and that is so important for the side going forward because I think they probably would have been losing that self-belief up until that point yeah are they bringing in another forward because of Maine I presume they will do but whether or not it's how soon that's going to happen yeah uh, and who's going to pay for it <laughs> but I heard somewhere that Phil Moss has seemingly lost the whole dressing room yeah um, I think I think I was talk- I was talking to David Davidovich or something about it and he was yeah telling me about how like Central Coast just dressing room's not in place not in good shape at the moment um, it can be hard. It can be hard for a former assistant to step up into the top job, and we've seen that in the past. So many like times. Yeah. Ian Crook, Rado, Rado Vidicic, Mehmet Drakovic. That's a long, bad list. Yeah. Um, but I, I think there is probably a bit of truth. There'll be people that will be doubting uh, Moss, but I wouldn't necessarily say he's lost the dressing room just yet, which was the story that was going around uh, I think there is unrest uh, certainly I mean, no team's going to be happy when they're on that kind of losing streak, especially after they're used to seeing much better things um, <coughs> but I wouldn't think we're going to see Moss out just yet or even by Christmas or New Year. Surely for Melbourne City though, like the, the, they have positives to take out of that performance well, they, pl- they played well at what yeah. they do well, and then they kind of did badly at what they do badly. Like, and it was the traditional Melbourne Heart type yeah. performance, you know, take your foot off the accelerator and let the other team back in. Yeah, but I feel as though, though, Josh Kennedy's signing will probably change a bit of that. If He's a good fit, I think, because they like fit. to cross the ball. <laughs> yeah, he'd be a fit. But he's a, <laughs> he's a tall bloke, and they like to send crosses in. Tall blokes like... Balls in the air. It makes sense on paper. Yeah, it depends also whether or not Josh is in one of those moods where he's determined to try and prove he can do things with his feet as well, <laughs> which is possibly one of the most exasperating things you can ever watch in football. Just head the ball! <laughs> you're tall! Head it! <laughs> Don't show me you've got fancy feet. <laughs> he's, got, he's got good feet for a big lad. Oh. <laughs> he's got that in his bloody bedroom wall, I'm sure. <laughs> Um, but um, Duff and, and Kennedy would be quite a nice. Yes, that's nice very true. Yeah, Duff was quality again. I thought yeah. the weekend sensational. Just that that hesitant pass that he gave. I can't remember the exact details of it, but it was just stop, wait, wait, wait. Are oh, you going to lose this pass? <laughs> Beautiful. Mm. Um, and traditional city this season as well, throwing things away in the second half of a of a half. So. To, the second quarter and the last quarter they just drop off so much they often seem like they just fly out of the blocks in the first 10-15 minutes of each half and then just drop off completely yeah. and can't handle sort of the pressure of the opposition having more of the ball attacking it's a classic case Melbourne victory game they started off well threw it away against Adelaide started off well took the lead threw it away did it against Sydney as well I guess in the first game again here yep Trafira was good value as well, I thought, though, for the Mariners as well as scoring the goal. He set up Hutch's uh, goal too, which didn't get the credit it deserves on fantasy football. I just hope if anybody from Fox Sports is listening, I want my two, three points for the assist in that. Right, well, that, that, that shall conclude uh, part one um, of um, round six of the Hyundai A-League. We, uh, join us back for after this message about our next mag for part two with some A-League, a little bit of Socceroos, uh, and then we'll preview the upcoming games. Get the new issue of 442 for our special report on David Villa at Melbourne City. Was he a hero or a villain? Also, meet the next gen of Next Gens, the latest Aussie teams bypassing the A-League to dazzle overseas. We speak one-on-one with Sydney FC star Shane Smelt, who answers your questions, while former soccer Ruth Craig Moore talks us through his life and the 10 key moments that changed everything. Plus, meet the trailblazers who are leading the way for African Heritage Australians who are lighting up the A-League. And on the eve of the Asian Cup, we ask his Australian boss, Michael Brown, if we're actually ready and how much are they relying on the soccer Ruth to make it a success. 
Plus, Ned Zelich gives us his perfect 11. We find out what makes Diego Costa tick, and we rate the world's biggest derbies. All in your new issue of 442. Don't miss it. Welcome back, part two. So, um... Now we've, we, we, we don't really have much Socceroos As we mentioned the, the game is tonight So probably whilst you're Listening to this um, you, The game will have Already, be, already been played And um, uh, So if you are Listening to this On, on Wednesday It was um, it, it was a great win For the Socceroos Great result Great yeah. result Yeah, yeah. It was a, it, they, they, they drew um, yeah, tight, tight, tight. It was very tight. tight, tight. Game. Uh, they were unlucky, actually. They we were lost. robbed. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was frankly, a close game. We were just but completely robbed. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and um, and they were humiliated. Yeah. We, were, we, yeah. we won't go there. Then. We'll never ever win the Asian Cup. <laughs> 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 uh, Japan beat Honduras at the weekend six nil. Yeah, it's Honduras. Honduras. Boy, started the World Cup. Continued that form here. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Nothing to worry about. Yeah, easy. Nothing to write home about. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll go on to um, so uh, stay in Japan. Adelaide manager that might find himself in Japan before Christmas. Is it going to happen? Which manager? Joseph Gomba. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think it will actually. I think Adelaide will pull out all the stops to keep him, and I don't think he will leave because he's. I don't think he can see he's in the middle of a project that's got good potential. And I just don't see him walking away from it myself. And his boss is um, also a Barcelona man, like Gumbau, so I don't think he's going to leave, to be honest. Mm. Uh, it was a job lot, though. He want, they wanted both, I think. Oh. Uh, so, you know, it would be... I'm sure it's tempting, and the money's probably far, far better than anything Adelaide are offering. Uh, but I'm sure Adelaide will try and come back with a slightly better deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really don't see him walking away just yet on Adelaide. Yeah, they want at least some silverware from this season before he even thinks about leaving. Well, we've got the FFA Cup final. True. In, in December. That's true. So, yeah. so he could get silverware I, 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 before Christmas. I think he would still want to aim for the I'd, treble. I'd be very surprised if he left. To yeah. be honest, I think he's got yeah. a nice little project going there. He's got players playing. He wants the style. He wants to, them to play. And he's always talked about keeping that style for a number of years, so it's distinctly Adelaide. Yeah. And leaving now would be a bit of a, a, sh- a shortcut or a compromise on those plans. So. I think uh, I genuinely think he's in a great position to pull off the treble. Yeah. Uh, and if he does that, his value goes up exponential from what mm-hmm. it is at the moment. Uh, I think he'd be confident that he can do well as well. It's exactly. not like this is my last opportunity yeah. to break it into. Yeah, Asia. He knows he can win with Adelaide. Yeah, and, and you know it's not a case even of breaking into Asia. If he wins a treble here, doors will open for him. Yeah, in Europe Everywhere, again. Absolutely. Yeah, especially the way Adelaide are playing. Yeah, yeah. And the way, the way he ran onto the pitch in the ninety-fourth minute, um, he didn't do a knee slide actually. Highlight of the match though. What highlight of the match is his run on? Is he even allowed to get that far into the pitch? He ended up down with the players, like so, in the far corner. The technical areas, you know, chopped out for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> but did a bit of a semi-circle, like ran right into it and then ran back. Anyway. Parabolican. If you, if you get a yellow card for taking your shirt off as a player, surely there must be some sort of. Well, I was going to say, where's the, where, where is the point when you know the ref will send the coach into the stands? Well, I think the same rules apply though. With the player can leave the field of play and come back on after a goal without asking for ref's permission I think there, you must have leeway in the technical area as well where the manager can go onto the field but it's an interesting point Yeah, I don't it, think it's stated in the rules but yeah it did make me laugh when he does that run and the camera cuts to Ernie Merrick just staring <laughs> dead ahead and the commentator just goes he looks kill and it was just so accurate but could you imagine Ernie Merrick doing that, well, that, that anything like, like that I was about to say he looks like that when they've just scored in the fourth <laughs> minute it's that sort of staring into space <laughs> we've just scored oh, yeah. um, so, um, oh, so, so I'll put a cross next to Gumbau going to Japan so that's not happening uh, Miller to stay at sitting I think he would love to I'm not sure it'll do them much good though but I think he will love to mm. it gets a bit busy in that midfield if they keep Miller once all the other players come back in because yeah. then you've got Corrin Moy Madoka Pasalu and Miller to try and fit in yeah and we the great much, depth we, we all know how much Miller likes to get rotated in and out of the side exactly so. yes yeah I can't see him really joining the youth side to keep match fit yeah. <laughs> and they've also not got Asian 
games, they've not got uh, FFA Cup games, so there's no real mm. cause for rotation. You can keep a first eleven all the way through the rest of the season. And that's what Man City does. You see, he does settle on his eleven and then keep and that. Just sticks to it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Good luck to him. It's a wage, you know. Yeah. But um, if that's it's it's a visa spot. It's an expensive indulgence, I think, for City if they were to keep him on. They can afford it. If anyone can, true. Mm-hmm. But in terms of not necessarily expensive in terms of financial, so financial, yeah. but it's, you're giving up a visa spot. It's a bit weird. Like it doesn't really make sense. They don't really need him. No, it's but no. like when you got fullbacks like Ian Ramsey and Jason Hoffman, you'd be thinking your recruitment's geared towards those positions rather yeah. than another midfielder. But yeah, mm. December seventh against Brisbane Roar could be fun if you're still playing with them then. Cool. The ICC coming to Sydney. Uh, no, sorry, coming to, coming to Australia. Uh, we're not sure if it's, if it's going to be Melbourne or if it's going to be uh, just Melbourne, sorry, or if it's going to be multiple um, cities. Um, so we're expecting uh, definitely Liverpool. And I, I, I think maybe Manchester United. Any other? Real Madrid. Real, Real Madrid. Madrid's Gen been City? put in there. Inter. That's what I've been hearing anyway. I, 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 I would be very surprised if City don't. Play at least one game here next year. Yeah, I think it's mm. pretty much inevitable. That's uh, and maybe bring New York City out as well. Mm. Three way, mm. three triple header. You can have like a little, um, uh, a little Etihad Cup. You know, like they have the Emirates Cup at Arsenal. They've got a Japanese side as well, haven't they? Okahama, which is the team that Gon Bell wants to. Yes, he's been linked with. Yes, so that's, that's interesting. Right. Yeah, mm. that's maybe City will get Gon Bell. Mm. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but you never know. You never know. Manchester City. City. Man City. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> if it's a star. Pellegrini. Gone Bell running down the touchline with Jose Mourinho. That would be fun. I'd like to see that. From Jose Mourinho to Jose Mourinho. In one pod. You're working that loser. Right? <laughs> You're really working that loser. <laughs> Hashtag Jose Mourinho. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see if, it's tr- if it trends. <laughs> Um, The ANZ Stadium is having a facelift And I hope it goes from Insert ugly woman to insert beautiful woman Because um, it's not uh, one of my favourite stadiums in the world I think the best facelift they could do Is probably pick it up and move it (laughs) Anywhere basically (laughs) Anywhere but where it is would be good I hate the ANZ Stadium It's my least favourite stadium ever mm. uh, and if you go to the, if you get stuck in one of the corporate suites you actually get vertigo you're so high <laughs> so high yeah. you're above the height of the rugby posts <laughs> I mean, that, that, you should never be in a stadium that's higher sat in a seat higher than the rugby posts mm. it's a basic law well the MCG is like that isn't it? I've never been to the MCG been to the Etihad but never MCG I remember we went down to the to the MCG for the the Liverpool victory game last year and um, and sort of sorted tickets and got there and we were like it was like have you ever seen the, the scene in Beetlejuice where he's he's got the ridiculously long uh, thing and he looks to the guy next to him and he's like thirteen and he's got four thousand four hundred <laughs> in the waiting room that's what it was like we were like we were on row A A A B seven. Like, oh, <laughs> we were right. We were like the third from the back. You could barely see. It was like it, it might not have even even necessarily been Liverpool playing. It was just a team that was playing in red. Subutio. <laughs> yeah. um, so the ANZ's getting a facelift. Yep, much needed. What they're doing just to explain is they're uh, going to have movable stands behind the goals, so it can become a rectangular venue. Uh, they're going to have a retractable roof. Uh, and a lot of money they're going to have be able to uh, make it a more intimate venue for small, medium and large events uh, through LEDs now how that works I have no idea Hmm. Uh, but yes, that's the plan and also spend a lot of money on new shops and bars and stuff around which will lie empty for 360 days a year and go out of business slowly but surely (laughs) until the next revamp Mm. So it's yes, great, hurrah 
and it's years away. Don't ever, <laughs> ever think of moving Western Sydney Wanderers there, please. No. Uh, the, as I was saying off before we started recording, the best thing that can happen, that's going to happen as a result of this is ANZ's going to be out of action for almost two years, so we can't hold any games there, which is great. Moving on. Moving on. Um, <laughs> I think we'll just jump straight into um, the weekend, or uh, we'll, we'll start off with Wanderers, Mariners, on Wednesday night tonight if you're re- listening to it on a Wednesday yesterday if you're listening to it on a Thursday I'll, I'll stop there um, so um, so Wanderers will they pick up their first point will they get their first win Mariners will they score a goal it's got 0-0 draw written all over it I think to be Drab honest draw. But, um, which was the result the first time these two sides met in the Wanderers first ever game mm. so yeah, I was at that mm, game. Yes, that's true, actually, yeah, it was. And we know. Yeah, I can see a repeat of that, but if anybody's going to win, I think it'd probably be Wanderers, to be honest. Uh, I think that's probably, this could be where the the fight, a short-lived fight back begins. Well, you would think that they'd make another nine changes and bring back the first team, <laughs> so. <laughs> what is the first team? It's like one of life's great questions. So, um, Kevin Ez, are you going for a score prediction? Uh, I will stick with 0-0 I think nil, to be nil. honest Tim? 2-1 uh, Wanderers 2-1 Wanderers Cronin? 1-0 Wanderers So only Kev just going for the draw I've gone for 2-0 Wanderers so all back in Wanderers apart from Kev who is um, on a rich vein of tipping form so um, yeah join, join top of Despite our little mini your here, efforts well, to deny me points <laughs> I'm sorry but um, you got the correct three, score. Three is a draw. Yeah. It's a draw. But you you predicted six goals and there was none. <laughs> it's still a so draw. I, I'm taking that point away. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll Surely Tim up. and I get a handicap though for being the youngest here. What? Why? No. <laughs> again, like, are you sure about that? <laughs> One minute. You you two are both beating me. I'm, I, uh, <laughs> I've got age and, uh, <laughs> on my side so age has got nothing to do with it um, so um, Friday night game the first game victory v Brisbane what, we th- what are the thoughts for the game Tim any uh... oh. oh just like I said before hopefully Bush plays as a false nine because that will make it much more interesting um, and hopefully victory actually have something resembling a first choice back line Rather than a midfielder shoved out a right back. Yeah, I'm not sure when they're going to get. Uh, when does Mark Milligan get back? I oh, think this week, wouldn't it? Because he was only out for the Socceroos game. They were talking about him playing against. Yes, I suppose. Yeah, they were that's talking true. about him. Yeah, Sydney. So yeah. you'd think he'd be back by Friday. Yeah, that's true. Um, which means he would go into midfield, and Broxham would go back. Well, Broxham played centre back against Sydney, didn't he? He did. Yeah. God, it's all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about not being able to pick a Wanderers. Yeah, you can't pick a victory back for. True. Well, you can see what the obvious first choice one is. It's just they're all injured. Mm. Yeah, getting them all on the field. Anthony Creer. Double thumbs up. Got his work cut out. Tim, do you want to give us a, a score prediction? Uh, Friday night game. Say two-one to victory. Two-one victory. You're just going to go two one for all your predictions this week. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it simple. Yeah, it's the most common score in football. You're going to get right eventually. Actually, <laughs> actually that's not a bad tactic. I, like that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember um, the word, it was a World Cup, probably maybe '98, and um, my dad uh, went. I went, son. I've got a lot. You know, we're doing like a, a tipping, and him being like this master of uh, football knowledge. He went nil nil every single game, and uh, and he was like, "There's bound to, you know, World Cups, you know, there's bound to be loads of draws where people don't want to get give, give anything away." I don't think there was one draw the whole. Uh, <laughs> so it's a, bit um, like, it's a bit like multiple choice in exam. If you continually <laughs> circle C, you eventually get one right. right? <laughs> yeah. In a tipping comp for the World Cup, I was winning with about oh, the last quarterfinal to go, so only about six games left in the tournament, and I was winning by about ten points. So I just kept tipping the same as the person coming second. (laughs) 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 Meanwhile, third place won. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you evil genius. (laughs) And he didn't realise it until the final. (laughs) 
Uh, brilliant. Um, actually, that's a good point. Maybe that's another tactic that I could do. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'll, I'll still finish last. Yeah, if no, that's you need the to case. catch up. I need, I need to be yeah. on top, don't I? Yeah. Right, okay. Um, Kev. 3 0. 3 0. Victory. 3 0 victory. Barisha hat trick. <laughs> 2 1 victory, yeah. 2 1 victory. Mm. You are very controversial. <laughs> There's going, a reason why I'm bottom of this table. You're going for a bust here, are we? I, I, I you know, I think I, I may as well go for it. If you don't, if you don't take risks, you, you, you end up finished. At the bottom, On though. the uh, actual fantasy football, the the Fox Sports tipping, there is quite a good concept that if you just choose the one with the highest score each time, mm. and Red Spider the very highest score, you'll probably win. Because it's so unpredictable, they mm. and you can make up multiple points. So even although if you do lose, and it's a small game, then the winners only get twenty points, whereas you could have got eighty points. It's there's the theory there. Mm. Next season, I'm going to put it in action. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, I went for two one Brisbane in that. Uh, Perth Wellington, the the other Friday night game. Corona. Um. This is actually a hard one because I don't know when Perth's run will end. Like we, all, as we mentioned before, we mm. keep talking about you know they eventually run out of steam. But when will they? That's the ultimate question. Don't think it's going to be this weekend. Mm. Tell you that for sure. Wellington aren't, haven't been playing too poorly either, so I think it's going to be another close encounter. Probably say two-one Perth as well. Two-one Perth. Yeah. It's a lot of two ones cropping up. There's loads of two ones. It's copying my strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Unfortunately, actually, I'm going to say the same. <laughs> two one pass. Uh, traditionally, this game is just bonkers. Really, I remember last year that was the four two distance derby. It's a lot to play for. Oh yeah, it's history. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm going to say uh, four all. Four. <laughs> wow! If it's nil nil, you're not getting the points. I'll put it out there. Four four. Yeah, from the conservative to the outright ridiculous. Uh, I'm, I just think it'll be. I don't actually think it'll be four four, but I think it's going to be high scoring. And whenever it's high scoring, it's just too hard to try and pick the exact score. So four all sounds about right. Okay. Good stuff. Interesting. <laughs> and the Melbourne City, Sydney FC. So t- Sydney will face the two Melbourne teams in the space of a week. It's the uh, Melbourne-Sydney derby that nobody actually cares about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a repeat, first repeated game of the season as well. The sky blue derby. The big sky blue. The big sky blue. Yeah. Can we call that? Yeah. Mm. It's not working really, is it? Although I, I, someone said to me the other day that the big blue is only when it's when victory are at home. Had you heard that before? No, I think they just made that up. <laughs> what about both? They both would be wearing blue. When, but no, who cares? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's something that came from victory, apparently. Really? Yeah. No, victory just trying to claim it, I think. Yeah. So, um, okay, so um, Kev, give us a, a score prediction for the Big Sky Blue. Um, yeah, I think 2-0 uh, th- to Sydney. 2-0 Sydney. Tim? Um, I will say 3-1 to Melbourne City. Ooh, ooh. Why? Ah, I just think they're going to get a win at some point mm-hmm. just to raise hope before <laughs> crushing them again <laughs> Cronum 3-0 Melbourne City oh. no sorry Sydney rather no, Sydney. that makes more sense <laughs> and I've gone 2-1 Sydney so final final game of the round Mariners v Adelaide you skipped Western Sydney didn't you Skipped Western City. Oh yeah, we did Wanderers New- versus Newcastle. Oh yeah, we did. Sorry, do your job. You had one job. I've got one job. <laughs> uh, and Read the running slip. And now I've gone over it, so I don't know what. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, you only put five results in for you in those six games. Ah, so you were actually completely off the mark. Oh. I've <laughs> had a shocker. Eh? Yeah, I've had a shock. Might go back to you think you're having a bad day. That 
one-off segment that we, <laughs> that we did a couple of weeks back. Um, right, okay. So, um, well, let's go... Let, 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 <laughs> let's, let, let's go Mariners Adelaide, and then we'll come back to um, Western Sydney. Right, okay. Um, yes, it's, this is going to be a holocaust, I think. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think there's going to be uh, blood all over the... The uh, the pitch at Gosford, and it's all going to be Mariner's blood. It's going to be 5 0 to Adelaide. 5 0. Jeez. I went 3 0 this, actually. What, or, um... or did you actually mean the Sydney score? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just missed that game out. I might actually agree with Adam on this one. 3 0. 3 0. Yeah. Tim? Um, say 1 0 Adelaide. I think Adelaide would dominate, but they won't get the goals, especially if Jute still out. Mm. And looks like maybe Dylan McGowan playing up front. Centre-back getting thrown up front, as he did towards the end of the world. Is they threw Dylan McGowan Yeah, I knew, I knew they mm. did that, but... Yeah. I, think oh, well, not, I don't again. think he'll do it in the long term, but oh, it was entertaining. <laughs> 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 mm. Yes. And, um, and, and they're coming back to Western Sydney, Newcastle. Who could forget this game? <laughs> this is going to be an absolute cracker. Bottom of the table clash. Um, score predictions. It's going to be like the two fat kids in the nursery beating the hell out of each other, isn't it? <laughs> um, uh, who's, going to, who's going to land the more punches? Wanderers playing at home. I think you got give them at least a go for that alone. Mm-hmm. And Jets... Will they turn things around in the space of a week? I think, you know, having said... Probably could. I think they probably can, actually, because they've taken such stick from everybody over it that if they don't turn things around, if they don't at least look better, then they might as well pack up, mm. even if they don't get points on the on the board. If they can't re- return something after the stick they've taken from everybody, including their own coach, uh, it's, it's not going to be a good look for them at all. Well, we've seen what one week can do for the Jets. Good performance and bad performance. They yeah. hope they True. continue in that way in their mind. 1-1, one, one, I'll say. One goal for Wanderers because they're playing at home and one goal for Pride from Jets. 1-1. One, one. Tim? I'm going to go with a bit of logic here and assume that Popovich rotates his side again. <laughs> so assuming another nine changes... Uh, this will be the, the under-17s or whatever team he put out against Perth. So I'll probably go with one all as well. Corona? feel as though Western Sydney really need um, a win. Well, they need to score for that matter. They've only scored four, which is like the lowest. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think... Given the, given the situation that they're in at the moment, I'd say Western Sydney. Are they playing at two one? Yeah, two, two home games yeah, tomorrow. tomorrow. Two home games. Okay. Two one. This one. Two one. Two one to Wanderers. That will help not having the travelling for sure. I'm going to go one 0 to Wanderers. So yeah, the, 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 this will be the first time Wanderers have played at home for since one of the second round, maybe. It's not like it makes much of a difference, does it? Have they played at home this season? Uh, yeah. I'm not sure they have, actually. I haven't heard anything, any flares or anything, so... <laughs> yeah. Riots. I don't think they've played. <laughs> should check the front page of the Daily Telegraph. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that concludes our predictions. Um, thanks for bearing with me on the missing out the Wanderers game. <laughs> we got there eventually. It was, it was the extra game in the week that just, that, that screwed yeah. me up. So, but um, yeah, We're, we've got there eventually. So, um, uh, so so that concludes the pod, and um, and we've got a mug out. We do. Yeah, we do. it's quite a good one. It is. It's red. It's got a red cover, which is always good. Yeah. Uh, it's also got four four two on the front cover, which is a good start as well. It certainly mm. helps you identify it in amongst a crowded marketplace. Uh, big picture of David Villa with a beard and. We give you the inside story on how the signing of the season turned sour, with a lot of S's in there. Uh, we've got the next gen of next gens, which are the young Aussies coming through. We've got the world's deadliest derbies. We've got the new breed of uh, Australians coming out of Africa to uh, bump up ball in this country. We've got uh, 
Asian, Asian Cup interview preview with the uh, interview with the head of the local organising committee, Michael Brown. We've got a big feature on Diego Costa, Chelsea's Mr. Angry, got Craig Moore's The Things That Changed His Life, and Shane Smeltz goes one and one answering your readers' questions. It's all in there. It's quite a blockbuster. That's a technical term. Bumper issue. Another and technical term. Diego Costa, um, the, the, his face on the opener of that. He's one of the most ugliest men. It's like a caricature, isn't it? It's, exactly. he, he looks like the baddie in a Popeye it, movie. He does. A Popeye cartoon. I was looking at it the other day and I was trying to work out, is it is it a Muppet or, you know, one of those sort of, like, Jim, Hen- Jim Henson? Jim Henson? Yeah. What's he called? Whatever. Yeah. Um, that, that sort of... Like, Fraggle Rock. Fra- Fraggle Rock. It could be Fraggle Rock, actually, yeah. Um, he is... Um, yeah, it's worth buying um, the issue just to see just his ugly face. Picture. Yeah. As, uh, a <laughs> As a Chelsea fan, I'm not going to hear a bad word about <laughs> He is... Um, he's an amazing player. He's but... beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's very cute. Once again... <laughs> There's being a one-eyed fan and there's just being totally blind. <laughs> um, I, I think we'll leave it there before it gets any more um, hot in here. So um, uh, thanks for listening. Um, Kev, thanks for coming down. Uh, yeah, thanks to everybody for coming in. It's, it's, uh, it's great. We wouldn't do it without you. Cronin, thanks for, thanks for your time. Thanks for having me. Tim, uh, it's been pleasure. a pleasure. Pleasure. Thanks again, listeners, and we will speak to you next week. <laughs>